Hey, hey, superheroes, this is Dr. Tony Jones, and welcome to the Not Your Average Superhero Podcast, where not all superheroes wear costumes. Hey, superheroes. So, uh, one of the things that I recently heard Dr. Darius Daniels say is that the difference between a superhero and a villain is what you do with your power. So knowing the power that I have in using this platform, I definitely want to put the disclaimer out there that while I am a clinically while I am clinically trained, this podcast is not for the purpose of therapy or diagnosis. Um, this is my personal journey that I am sharing. This is just the knowledge that I have that I am sharing. Um, I highly, highly recommend. Um, That if you want to work through some things that you get a therapist, even if you don't want to work through some things, I recommend that everybody have their own therapist. Um, Therapy is work, but it is worth it. Invest in your health and your mental health. Health and mental health is wealth. I also highly recommend that you try Jesus. He is the savior of our souls. Um, I know some of those who are listening to this podcast may not believe that, and that's okay. Um, But for those of you who do, um, I really recommend trying Jesus and therapy. It is not an insult to the Lord that you try therapy because he gives us those who are uh, trained clinically. He gives us Uh, the strength to go to school. He gives us knowledge. He gives us wisdom. Um, And so he prepares um, those of us who are in the field to do the work. So it's not an insult to Jesus to go to therapy. So I, again, um, am here to say that this is not for um, diagnosing or therapy purposes. This is uh, just entertainment. This is sharing knowledge, um, hoping that we can all be encouraged to attend therapy and become our better healed selves. All right, superheroes. So for those of you who have already been rocking with me, you already know the show rundown. But for those of you who are just joining me, the show rundown is that we will have the song of the month, the superhero comparison of the month, our topic for the month and then I will have an intervention to close out the show um if you are still here rocking with me I'd like to say thank you I have really enjoyed hearing how this podcast and my personal journey has encouraged you all or resonated with you all and if this is your first time rocking with me buckle up and enjoy the show Also, please send me any feedback that you have. I love to hear how this resonates with you. All right, guys, so here we go. The song of the month for October is Fight Song by Rachel Platson. The chorus goes, this is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm all right song. My power's turned My power's turned on. Starting right now, I'll be strong. I'll play my fight song. And I don't really care if no one, if nobody else believes. Because I've still got a lot of fight in me. So, 
if you don't know by now, um, my faith is really strong for me. And what I will say is I love this song. Um, and when I hear this song and just even thinking about some of the things that have gone on in my own personal life, there are two scriptures that really resonated with me and that, you know, I think kind of correlate to, you know, this is my fight song. So these two scriptures are like my fight scriptures. These are my, I'm not going to be afraid scriptures. So the first one is Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um. So again, I, I am strong. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be fearful. The other one is, um, it's going to be Psalms 91, 1 through 16. And that says, excuse me, um, that says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes that noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you no plague come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone you will tread on the lion and the adder the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot because he holds holds fast to me in love i will deliver him I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is my fight song. This is my I'm all right song. <laughs> um, this is my I am strong song. And it gets me through. So I hope you all enjoy. For this episode, I want to just put a warning out there. I'm going to be talking about an experience of mine um, that was traumatic. I'm going to give some details um, and just not knowing who is out there listening. I just want to say that, you know, if this resonates with you and you feel triggered, it's okay. Take a moment. If you have to cut it off, I completely understand. And I pray that one day 
you get the strength to be able to listen to it um, and be able to pull yourself through. But I do want to just give a um, advisory that this episode may be triggering. All right, folks. So this is the part of the show that you all are waiting for. This is the character comparison and the show content. I will just give you all a heads up that this episode is a little bit longer than usual. Um, but that's because this is a sensitive topic and I want to take my time with it. Um, if you all don't know by now, all of the content for the show is based on my personal experience. Um, so when I get in front of the microphone, I am literally giving you all what's on my heart, straight from the heart. Um, yes, there are flaws. Yes, you will hear me say, um, um, it is less than perfect because I am less than perfect, but I don't have a desire for perfection. I have a, a desire that someone hears my story, someone hears my journey, and that someone is healed um, by my transparency. And hopefully somebody chooses therapy as a result. And Jesus. Um, so let's get into it. The character comparison for the month of October 2022 is Jessica Jones. For most of her life, Jessica Jones was unremarkable and had what most would consider to be a normal family. However, she and her family were in a tragic car accident that killed her mother, father, and sister, and she was left in a coma. When she woke up, Jessica discovered that she had a super strength. Not only did she have to overcome survivor's guilt from the accident, but Jessica then came under the captivity of Kilgrave the Purple Man. Kilgrave uses mind control powers to control Jessica physically and mentally, even making her kill people. In the Netflix, Netflix depiction, Jessica is assaulted by Kilgrave. After months of being under his control and his torturing, Jessica escapes Kilgrave. Her experience of captivity with Kilgrave leaves her turning to alcohol to cope with the emotional pain that she experiences. Netflix depicts PTSD as the illness that Jessica Jones is experiencing, which is not clearly named in the comics. She experiences panic and an, ir an irrational fear or an anxiety. Um... She also has flashbacks. At some point, Jessica is in therapy. However, she stops going to therapy and stops using her cognitive behavioral techniques that she was taught to help her through her tough times and her crises. From that point forward, it becomes clear that her mental illness is more than just a label or a justification for her to be dark, gritty, and an anti-hero. Um, Y'all know I love not just heroes but anti-heroes and villains as well um jessica's experience ex she experiences actual symptoms she has flashbacks survivor's guilt and self-medicates so the young lady who plays jessica jones in the netflix series name is Kristen ritter um she actually did an interview about playing jessica jones and she stated in an interview that ptsd isn't just a memory it's not like you can rely on oh the camera's going to push you in and when the mu the music's going to swell and you're going to have a memory and the audience is going along with you 
PTSD is a very different thing. PTSD is when something feels like it's actually happening. You are back in that spot. For me, the heavy lifting came in the building of Jessica's backstory. All the stuff that happened to her, her trauma, who she is before we even meet her on screen. Jessica Jones, and that's, I'm sorry, that's the end of her quote, right? She She's talking about how she had to do like some studying and character development to even play Jessica Jones and to depict PTSD on screen accurately. Jessica Jones is one of the only examples that I can think of in pop culture um, of, of a woman that is depicting PTSD. Um, most of the times, PTSD is depicted as a male affliction. All right, so here's the content. Um, last month... In September 2022, and I'm going to start time marking these because I definitely want to go back and just have all of the memories of the postings. Um, so yeah, just keep rocking with me. I'm going to change it up a little bit as we go along. Um, but last month, I discussed trauma. However, this month, I want to delve a little deeper on that topic. Like Jessica Jones, I experienced a car accident that was life altering no i did not lose any family members however however the memories of that night linger on to this day the memories of the tire screeching the glass falling around me the sounds of the metal hitting the pavement still live inside of my head you see I was about 16 or 17, I think 17. I was driving home from a friend's house. I remember I was listening to a song by Little Kim with my portable CD player plugged up in my tape deck and it was sitting in the passenger side because I hadn't gotten to the point where I had the built-in CD player yet. <laughs> Thank God that we have better technology these days. Um, but yeah, I was, I was bopping down the, down the road, listening to little Kim. Um, and I was actually late getting home because my mom told me to be home by a certain time and I wasn't. And I was really in anticipation of my mom fussing at me because I was coming home later than she told me to. Um, I was not prepared for what happened next. I was coming around a sharp turn and the person coming towards me was in my lane. I panicked and ran off the road a little bit to avoid being hit. Um, I still remember the gravel underneath my tires and what that sounded like. My axle broke and then my car flipped. In fact, it flipped three times to be exact. I clenched the steering wheel with both of my hands as tight as I could. And I just remember praying, Lord, please don't let me die. Please spare my life. I didn't know what else to do but to pray. And I am so thankful that I knew how to call on the Lord and how to ask the Lord to spare my life. I heard with my ears and I mentally counted each time the metal hit the ground. 
Um, I was just trying to grasp what was happening. Um, I could hear the glass falling all around me. I could feel as the glass was falling, it going across my face. And then the car lands. And I didn't know this at the time because I was still in the car, but I kept hearing this noise and I thought the car was going to um, explode, but it was really the tires that were still spinning um, because the car landed upside down. I was in my seatbelt hanging upside down, like literally my arms are like on the roof of the car. Um, and like I said, I didn't know what that sound was that I was hearing. Um, and I like a lot of action movies. So automatically my mind goes to car explosion. <laughs> um, so I unfastened my seatbelt and I just remember falling to the hood of the, to the roof of the car, um, and trying to find my way out of the vehicle. I managed to get out of the car and I'm then standing outside of the car looking around. The lights are still on on the outside of the car and the lights are on on the inside of the car. I'm in the middle of nowhere and I immediately just take off running back to the direction towards my friend house because I didn't know what to do. So I just took off running. Um, but then I quickly decided that that was a bad idea because I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the country and I don't really fool with animals like that. So I really didn't have a plan. Should I run across an animal in the middle of the night <laughs> with nothing on me? Um, so I decided to go back to the car and as I'm looking at the car, trying to figure out how to get back in, it is apparent that the car is in bad shape and I don't even realize how I got out of the vehicle. Um, so I figure out how to get back in the vehicle. I crawl back inside the car and I find my phone. Now, remember, I said that my, my CD player was in the passenger seat beside me. My CD player was not in the passenger seat anymore. It, I think it actually was found in my trunk. But it, or either the back seat somewhere, it was not where it was supposed to be. I do know my phone and the rearview mirror were both in the back seat somewhere. Um, like you know, the car is obviously upside down, so it's like in the back in the floor somewhere. Um, I go find my phone and I call, I get come back out of the car, I call 911, and the phone rings and it disconnects. Like as soon as the person says hello, 911, the phone disconnects. I try several more times to call 911, but the calls do not complete. Now I'm in full panic mode, like can't breathe. And I'm looking around because there is like nothing around. And I'm like literally in like a dead zone spot. Like this is the spot where if you're on the phone driving, your call is going to drop. So I'm like, okay, God, what are we doing here? I actually am very persistent. So I call my mom and the phone call goes through 
and as calmly as I know how, because I won't worry about having the accident. I was like, my mama told me to have my behind at home, so I need to get home at all costs. So I call my mom, and as calmly as I know how, I say, mom, can you come pick me up? And she's like, well, you, you drove. Why can't you just drive home? And then I tell her that I just had a car accident and I just need to come home. I tell and she, you know, she's asking me questions. I tell her where I am and then we end the call. Again, I'm still out in the middle of nowhere. So I don't want to be out here. I want to leave. I want to run away. I want to escape this situation. So I then called my friends. Now, mind you, the phone is working perfectly for all these social calls, but it will not connect for 911 for whatever reason. I called my friends. And so now if you actually know me in real life, you can probably guess what they said. Well, maybe people who knew me when my younger years. Um so I tell them like, look, y'all, I've been in this accident. I need y'all to come get me, like come see me. And I like, I used to like to joke a lot. And sometimes my humor was really dark. And so when I'm telling them that I was in this accident, they was like, Tony, stop playing, man. That ain't even funny or something to that effect. Like, I just remember them not believing me when I said I was in an accident. And so what I do remember is that I started yelling and cussing them out <laughs> because, you know, at that point I used to cuss. Um, but I was really scared. Like I legit was scared. And this was not the time for somebody not to believe me. Like, come get me. I'm, I need help. And, you know, I'm asking for help. Come see me. Come get me. <laughs> because again, I'm scared. I don't like animals. I am not trying to have Bambi roll up on me. And little did I know, I found out later, I actually um, landed in front of an emu farm, which is like, um, oh, what is like an emu? Like, um, like an ostrich or something. Um, so I can only imagine, like, I probably would have been checking out if an emu had popped up on me because... It's just no way that an animal that strange looking can, I can turn around and see one standing face to face with me in the middle of the dark. Like I would have gave up the ghost. Okay. Um, so my friends were actually the first ones to get to the scene and I was just so happy to see them. Um, I remember when they pulled up, so they pulled up and their headlights are on and everybody jumps out of the car and I'm happy. I'm just like, look, like I'm ready to go. My mama's on the way. And they immediately knew I was not okay. Mm -hmm. Like they were looking and I could see on their faces like, oh, this is bad. So they start asking me questions. Somebody's calling 911. And then somebody's like, you, you're covered in blood. I didn't even realize I was covered in blood because I ain't feel nothing. I didn't realize I was in shock. I was covered in blood from head to toe. And I just remember holding out my hands in front of the light because I'm real animated. So I talk with my hands and everything and I hold my hands out and I just see blood like everywhere. Um, So I was in shock. I felt no pain. 
my friend stuck in with me um, until the police came and the paramedics came. Um, but this is now where I really began to panic um, because my mama wasn't there. So, you know, the paramedics are there. They're asking me questions and, you know, they're, I hear them saying, um, you have to go to the hospital. You've lost too much blood. I heard someone say trauma. And, you know, whenever you are in an accident and it's considered trauma, you can't go to certain hospitals. You have to go to hospitals that deal with trauma. So at the time, the particular hospital that they were talking about taking me, I was just absolutely against going to this hospital just because of bad memories um, and memories of remembering my grandmother in this hospital. And I really felt some type of way. And I was like, I'd rather y'all just not like, don't send me there. Um, I'm not going. Take me to another hospital if y'all got to take me anywhere. But guess what? You're not taking me nowhere till my mama get here. And as I'm fussing <laughs> and I'm telling them, um, you know, you're not taking me nowhere and y'all got to wait. Y'all, y'all like, I will go, but just wait till my mama get here. Um, things start fading to black and I don't know if I passed out or I don't know what happened. Um, I probably did pass out because the next thing I remember is I'm strapped to the, um, gurney and I'm inside the ambulance at this point and but I'm looking up and now I'm seeing my mom and my mom is like in tears and then they're saying we have to cut her pants off we have to cut her clothes off because we don't know where all this blood is coming from and y'all I was a child but like I'm like no please don't cut my jeans they're my favorite jeans just slide them off just slide them off and they are so patient with me they're educating me that they cannot move me because they don't know the extent of my injuries they don't know where I'm injured and that if they moved me it could cause uh permanent damage and again my mom my mom is in tears like <laughs> she is just like don't worry about the jeans I will replace them I will say that the blessing from all of that was that the only injury that I had with, despite all the blood and all the blood loss, the only injury that I had was just my hand. Um, apparently, um, my hand, um, when I was clenching to the steering wheel, the steer the, the windshield fell on my hand I don't even remember that happening uh and again I don't feel I didn't feel it um I just know when it was time to go I hopped out <laughs> however I don't even remember that part like I don't maybe I passed out at some point in the car I don't know um but I just know you know it was a lot that happened and mm -hmm. I think that my prayers kind of helped with that situation because Lord knows, you know, with all the blood, it could have been worse. Um, and I don't remember that happening, but I do know, you know, I have scars um, to remind me of that night. Um, and I sometimes still have a little bit of pain and discomfort in that area. 
Um, but after all of the x-rays and all of the scans, I remember watching my dad was at the hospital and my mom was there like just crying. My dad was like holding my uh, right hand, I think. I don't know. However it happened, I just remember them being in the room while I was getting stitches. Um, I remember being able to get up and walk to the mirror. And I don't know where my parents were at this point, but I remember walking over to the mirror and thinking, Lord, thank you for sparing me. And then I stood over the sink and I spit glass out of my mouth. And I had to use my mm -hmm. fingers to clean all the rest of the glass out of my mouth because I had a lot of glass in my mouth and didn't even know it. Um, when I got home from the hospital, I brushed my hair and glass just fell out of my hair. Um, yeah, it was... It was a lot. And I really thank God just for being with me in that moment. Um, there's this book that I was reading and it talked about reviewing the areas of your life that were bad and, and asking God to show you where he was. And I know God was there with me. And I know that he was protecting me. Um, yeah, it after that, getting in a car was really rough. Um, it really took a while for me to get comfortable driving again. And that just at this time, I was a senior in high school. Um, I think I had like two jobs. I was in all of these sports. I, well, not sports. I was in all of these activities. I had stopped doing sports by this time. Um, but I was in all of these activities that had like after school that did some traveling. And it wasn't necessarily when I was in the vehicle with other people, like driving in the front seat, riding as a passenger was hard. But it was more so then it hit me more as mm -hmm. a driver. Um, and especially when I would work at night because the sound of gravel under tires when I was alone used to bring me to tears. Um, there were times where I would have to pull over and cry because I was just so back in that moment hearing the, the gravel. Um, and... Like, uh, the night of the accident, the one thing I do remember is looking up and seeing that person's brake lights in my rearview mirror. Um, so sometimes when I am driving or when I'm riding with people, seeing brake lights is really triggering and, and really does cause me to have a panic. And so, you know, I struggle, <laughs> um, even now at 36 years old, I struggle as a passenger with other people and it's awful because I really do hate driving um so much because I have a very long commute um I used to love driving um but now I don't like to drive as much and people hate to ride mm -hmm. with me 
Because the first time I see a brake light, I'm braking. <laughs> and it's like, it's not that I'm a bad driver. It's really just that brake lights do something to me internally that I am still trying to recover from. Um, and I'm still trying to get over. Um, it does not happen as much now as it used to. But there would be times that I would be in my car and I would have a full-on flashback where I would feel the glass i would hear the metal scraping the pavement um just all the sounds and sights of that night would just come back to me and it is so awful and it is so scary to have those experiences um and while i'm better it's still there so i am still working it out um and like i said um earlier you have to have your your battle songs you have to have the songs to pull you through your scripture if you believe in the word having something to pull you through to the other side um of things because it's really hard when you have something traumatic happen you know and i just think like I thank God that I'm here and that my family didn't have to grieve me. Um, I thank God that my grandmother taught me how to pray, that my mother taught me how to pray, that my grandfather taught me how to pray, and that I was raised in the church. And so that even though something bad was happening, I had a way of escape. Um, and even now, like, I think that it was very divinely orchestrated that I went into the field that I went into um, because I think a lot of times we don't talk about in certain cultures and, you know, like with people of color. And I know now that the, the now the tides are changing. You have more people that are minorities and people of color going into the, the clinical world and going into therapy and things of that nature. So the narrative is changing and it's less stigmatized, but you don't hear about it as much sometimes in certain cultures um as far as going to therapy and getting help you know back in the day it used to just be like you don't need to talk to them people you pray or you talk to your pastor or whatever the case may be um so i just think that having some of the experiences that i've had in my life um and then having a clinical background help me to be a strong advocate for um, getting therapy, one, as a person of color, um, but then trying Jesus because, you know, I think sometimes in the past, it used to be like kind of seen as if you go to therapy, it's a slap in the face to God. It's really not. He, he trains people up. Um, I would just share really quickly that I never intended to go the clinical route. Um, I did not want to be a social worker. Never thought about psychology or any of that. Um, I actually wanted to uh, be a lawyer. And just knew I was going to be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> funny. Um, because I, I, I just remember having so many experiences in life where people would come and share these things with me. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this information. Like you come and telling me all your business. Why? Right. And it wasn't, I went to school 
started off on the law track or whatever, you know, I can't remember exactly what track, but I remember changing my, um, changing my major. Then I went to computer science and I want to say psychology was my psychology. Yeah. Psychology was my minor and I did computer science, but I, I changed that because I was bored um, it was a lot of work, even though I was getting A's and B's and I was tutoring people. Um, I was really like crushing the game. I just was like, nah, I'm trying to live life and this ain't it for me. Then I went to graphic design because I like video games and I want to design video mm -hmm. games. And I think this will be a really cool place. And this is where I can find my fit because I'm a creative. Still did not feel like I fit there. And again, was making A's and B's like. I wasn't changing my major because I didn't do well. I was changing my major because I felt a pulling um, by God that I didn't know at the time to go somewhere else. And it wasn't until I um, was sitting, I worked on campus and I was sitting at my desk and this gentleman came up to me and said, hey, and then mind you, this man, he was, he was older than all of the kids and, you know, it was a little awkward, um, but nonetheless, I treat everybody the same. Like, I don't care what your role is. I don't care, you know, whatever. I'm going to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And I used to always speak to him. And that man never spoke to me. But this particular day, he walked up to me and said, I see you with your psychology books. Um, I just want to let you know, I got bipolar disorder. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just felt like I should tell you. From that day on, that man talked to me. And I mean, like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, this is the weirdest day ever. I don't understand it. But hey, you know, and then I started noticing a shift in him. Um, and I think he was drawn because I had my abnormal psych book. But, you know, I'm at undergrad. This is my minor. I ain't paying too much attention. I'm doing enough to get my grades. Um. And I just remember the night he had, he had a, a break, the police were involved. And I remember watching this man be hauled out of the dorm. And I felt this strong desire to advocate for him. But then I was grieved because I didn't know how to advocate for him. And from that point on, after that semester, I changed my um, my major to psychology and my minor to, um, human services. Um, and again, I was doing well. Like I really could probably have had a bomb, uh, career in computer science or graphic design and doing advertising and making a whole lot of money or something to that effect. But I was pulled in another direction and I feel like all of this was divine um I will say between going to therapy myself and talking to a therapist um and then my clinical training that I have healed so much but not only that those are the two natural things that have really helped me but also really strengthening my relationship with God and asking questions um and again if you're not into religion um but well, i have a relationship not religion but if you do not have a faith and you do not understand this it's okay 
Um, but I'm very reflective. So if that's all you take away from it, being reflective and, and journaling and asking questions and and seeking a response, like that's what I did with my relationship with Jesus and, and my relationship with my father in heaven is that I was reflective and I asked questions and 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 I looked to trace uh, things that I was not happy with back to a root cause so that I can address those things. Um, so even, you know, with, and, and it's funny that this is the topic now. Um, I actually, I actually did started doing the, the layout and the write up for this episode, like back in June or July. Um, but maybe two weekends ago, maybe a week ago, I don't know. Time just seems to crunch together sometimes. But we were on a road trip um, and I rode in the car with others. And I just remember like, nope, I'm not sitting in the front. Put me in the back seat. And even in the back seat, I'm like pushing invisible brakes. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> you know, but. I will say I'm at a place now where I can laugh about it and I'm thankful. You know, I, I kind of explained a little bit that I just, I'm just not a good passenger. Um, and I explained that and my, my family that I was with, they were really receptive to that. And so I thank them. I mean, I thank them for their grace. Um, so, you know, I hope that in sharing this with you all, that somebody will be able to be healed, set free and delivered. Um, but now this is my favorite part of the show, the intervention of the month. So the intervention of the month for October is grounding. Grounding is a technique that uses your five senses or tangible objects that you can touch to help move you through distress. Grounding is used to help pull you away from flashbacks, unwanted memories, and negative or challenging emotions. Grounding techniques help you to refocus on the present moment and to distract you, distract you from the feelings or thoughts that you don't want to experience. Grounding is used to improve anxiety, stress, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, disassociation, improve your well-being and your mood. So um, for those of you who have been in therapy and who, you know, needed to use grounding, a very popular grounding technique is called 54321. This is where you identify five things that you can hear, five things, four things that you can see, Three things you can touch from where you're sitting, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Um, and so that is actually something to, you know, because if you're in if you're having a flashback and you're in that moment, the grounding technique is meant to bring you back into the room. So to get you out of your head and bring you back into the room where you are. Um, that's a great technique to use. Um, for, and that's a physical grounding technique. So then there's a mental grounding technique that is called anchoring, uh, or using an anchoring phrase. So for me, I am a very mental person, um, uh, as far as like, I am, <laughs> I, I use my mind a lot. Um, and I think a lot. 
So I I tend to use mental grounding um, or a anchoring grounding phrase. So for an example, um, if I am feeling really anxious or if I'm really like having a flashback or something where I need to come back to the present, I may say, my name is Tony Jones. I live in Virginia. Today is Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. The time is, and the time I wrote this was 6.41 p.m. Um, I am sitting at my desk at home and there is no one else in the room. For me personally, I add my favorite scripture. I shall live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. Um, that is my favorite scripture that I use whenever I am anxious or fearful about life. And that is the scripture that I decree and declare over myself to remind myself that this is not the end for me. Um, and especially um, when I have like migraines, um, because I think I talked a little bit about it in the last episode. I have a certain type of migraines that mimic a stroke. Um, so sometimes um, when I can sense that a migraine is coming on, it's really scary. Um, it kind of also takes me back to that moment when I was sitting in my car and I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. And I was like, oh, my God, what happens if I die right now? And my babies look out the window and see me. Um, so like even if I'm being taken back to that place, I am like, um, <laughs> And if some of y'all who are in the field, y'all might think I'm crazy, but I will do my own mental status exam just to like, you know, the president is President Joe Biden, <laughs> you know, um, this is my address. Like I run through all the questions um, just to make sure that I know where I am. Um, but it brings me back to the moment. And then when I say that scripture to kind of close it all off, I feel better. And I'm like, you know what? That's all right. Because my God got me. I shall live and I shall not die. I shall proclaim the works of the Lord. He ain't done with me. He that began a good work in me shall see it through. So I just, you know, start decreeing and declaring. And then I'm back in and at a baseline where I'm able to push through. So that's it. That's the intervention of the month. Like uh, there are many more grounding techniques. Um, again, if you are um, experiencing anything where you believe that you, uh, you know, may need professional help, it is okay to see a therapist. If you are a believer, I am here to tell you that I am a believer and I don't mind seeing a therapist. And I also consult God. I also talk to Jesus. I journal it out. I do whatever I have to do for my mental health. Because as I said earlier, mental health is wealth and you have to have your health together in order to have an impact on this world. So go ahead and try Jesus and also try therapy. I am Tony Jones, and this is another episode of Not Your Average Superhero. Thanks for joining. Thank you for joining me on today at the Not Your Average Superhero podcast. Make sure you follow me on IG at Not Your Average underscore superhero. And remember, it's okay. You don't have to save the world today. See you next time, superheroes.